<laughs> endured a lot of injuries because of how I ran. Um, you know, I basically had to reinvent running. When you're going through something as painful as a divorce, um, find the things that work for you, go back to your fundamentals. All right, welcome everybody into the Run the Race podcast. We are almost at episode 150, and uh, this this episode will come out a few days after we record it. But the last episode uh, that you'll have heard from me is a recap of my latest marathon in uh, state number 21 in Nevada. I ran the Red Rock Canyon Marathon in Las Vegas. This is about 30 minutes from the strip, so you'll get kind of details about how all that went down. And uh, it was uh, one of the most challenging ones with almost 3,000 feet of elevation. And one of my uh, new friends from it's also doing 50 states that was there as well. We got together and hung out for a few days of that was a 60 year old Scott Mayfield, who is the guest on uh, this episode of the podcast. So we're going to discuss running and all kinds of things. He is a chi running coach. We'll, we'll explain what she running is. Sounds kind of cool because it is. And um, so we're going to talk about, you know, he has dealt with a lot of stuff in his life, a, a few divorces where running has really helped him uh, get through that because fitness is a really big thing for mental health, not just your physical health. Uh, we're going to talk about him coaching athletes in different sports, dealing with injuries because he has some good advice on that because a lot of us deal with that. Uh, we're going to talk about you know the spiritual roller coaster that he's been on, and so many of us have been on as well. Uh, why he's doing fifty marathons and now a uh, full marathon as well. I wanted to introduce you to him as well. Along with being a chi running instructor, he's currently in classes for the National Association for Sports Medicine. He wants to be a, a personal trainer, and because he's a really you know has a passion for coaching, uh, he attended the University of Washington and also Whitworth University. Uh, was a high school art and photography teacher from 1994 up until about uh, two uh, years ago, a year and a half mm-hmm. ago, uh, in Alaska. Washington State, where he lives now, and Colorado. Also spent four years in the Marine Corps and uh, coached a lot of sports from baseball, softball, football, riflery, and also uh, as a cross-country coach. Um, He has two kids, uh, an adult son and daughter, um, and uh, he, he was a very fast runner and still is to this day, but he did run a sub four and a half minute mile in high school. I'm not sure if he can do that now, but um, <laughs> maybe five or six minutes perhaps um and uh he uh he, he has dealt with um, a lot of different parts of his faith kind of going up and down being uh you know a, a faithful christian going to church growing up to being agnostic and now kind of back in the faith and um his fitness goals of course 50 states of running a marathon he's done 35 so far so he's he's uh doing better than i am right now and uh currently training for his second boston marathon and he's bq <laughs> Uh, six times. So uh, without further ado, here is uh, Scott Mayfield. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jason. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So now where in Washington State are you? What uh, what I, city? I am in Spokane Valley. So um, we're a little bit east of the main city of Spokane, uh, right on the border between uh, Washington and Idaho. So we're really close to Coeur d'Alene. Um, if you folks know the area, you know how gorgeous it is here. It's uh, it's not too much of a stretch to uh, stretch your legs out in this beautiful country. Um, yeah. And it's kind of back to my roots. I grew up in Spokane. And I swore I would never come back. <laughs> I felt <laughs> if, I, if I would go back, I'd be going backwards. Um, but, uh, you know, God called me back here. 
uh, you know, for, for reasons known to him. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I'm just following that path. And, and speaking so far, of it's worked out just, just fine. And speaking of gorgeous scenery, you know, you and I got to, to see a lot of that up at Red Rock Canyon, climbing all the way up to the top, almost 5,000 feet of elevation at the top of Red Rock. I mean, that's a lot different view than the Las Vegas Strip. So, I mean, yeah. you, you, even though it was a lot of running uphill, um, did you enjoy that race overall in terms of what you, you've got a lot to compare it with? Uh, yeah. Uh, I really did enjoy the race. I, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I really didn't know what I had uh, that day. My legs felt a little tired, and and um, I started off a little little achy. Um, I really am not at the fitness level that I normally enjoy, uh, so it's always kind of dicey of what I'm going to have. So I start off pretty conservative, and and then uh, and then really saved a lot for the hills. I ended up walking a lot of those, especially the real steep sections of the hills. Um, and like you really took advantage of the downhills and just opened up the hips and let them go. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And, and speaking of, you know, kind of opening up the hips and different styles of running uh, for folks um, that are listening. This is something I learned several years ago and I've talked about it on the podcast, the chi running, the simplistic, uh, you know, part of that. And so you coach running, you help people, whether they're brand new at running, whether they've been doing it for a decade or more, and uh, if maybe to help them go further, go faster. So tell us about uh, chi running and, um, you know, kind of in, uh, in layman's terms, explain what it is and, and how you help folks. Well, you know, essentially it's running based on Tai Chi principles. And so um, everything in Tai Chi is, is a relaxation. And so, um, and, and operating from your core. And so uh, essentially the, the attraction to chi running and chi walking is it's, the, it's in its energy efficiency and injury prevention. And so when you learn how to run from your core rather than from your legs, um, you're less prone to injury and you become much more efficient. Uh, giving you for endurance runners is really an ideal uh, approach to running because you'll have a little more in the tank at the end if you're not, if you're not powering with your legs. Uh, you know, powering with your legs takes, takes a lot of energy and you're really missing out on, your, on, um, on the essential core of where your energy really is. And, and so we, we always say, you know, uh, you run from your Dantian. And so the Dantian is that energy source. It's just two inches below your belly button and about two inches in. And, um, and so basically you allow the chi to flow through your joints. And you, the reason why you, so the only thing that's really engaged in your body is your lower abdomens and everything else is relaxed. And so I'm using pro, uh, proportional alignment, meaning your head to your shoulder, to your hip, to your ankle are all in alignment. And then, um, and then you, uh, you forward fall into gravity and then you take a directional alignment, which is, you know, all your body parts moving in the same direction, wherever your eyes are gazing. So um, that's essentially the, the, the principles of chi running. Um, but there's a lot of steps to get a client there. Uh, for <laughs> me personally, I'd say it probably took me about a year to get comfortable completely with chi running. Um, me being a pretty successful power runner for a lot of years. Um, and also <laughs> endured a lot of injuries because of how I ran. Um, you know, I basically had to reinvent running. Um, I had to, I had to think about it differently. Uh, 
and you know after running um, pretty successfully for a lot of years and as I was aging I, I needed another solution and she running just happened to come along um, I actually met the founder Danny Dreyer at uh, the Silicon Valley Marathon um, in 2006 when she running was just kind of taking off and uh, he's, he's <laughs> I'll never forget what he said he's like he's at this expo and he says my name is Danny Dreyer I'm an ultra marathoner and I haven't had a running injury in 10 years. And here I was, I trained for this marathon and I had one running injury after another, IT, uh, tweaky ankles. Uh, I mean, you name it. I just, I just suffered through that, you know, 16 weeks of training. And, you know, as a result, um, I really felt like I underperformed at that marathon, the amount of training I put into it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go visit this Chi running thing. And, and there's a website for on Chi Living where you can find an instructor. And at the time, I was living in Alaska, and I found a guy named Alex Kay, who's a personal uh, – um, he's a um, PT, a physical therapist in town in, in Anchorage, Alaska. And I found him, and he was great. And he showed me basically the fundamentals of four one-hour sessions – and a couple revisits just to say, hey, am I still doing this right? And, you know, just tweak me a little bit. Um, but my running um, and my lack of injuries really was a demonstration that I was really, um, I was doing it the way it was supposed to be done. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I, um, I remember learning the principles of it about four or five years ago from a pretty legendary runner here in the Columbus, Georgia area. And the things that I, you know, that took away that, that, kind of stick in my memory bank. And I try to remind myself, even when I'm especially like late in a race or a marathon where your form is kind of uh, starting to deteriorate a little mm -hmm. bit, raise those hands to try to kind of align your body up and down. So you have a good posture while you're running, looking ahead, um, you know, looking straight ahead. Cause a lot of times, you know, especially when we're tired, we're looking down at the ground. And then, uh, but the, I guess the main thing is running in place, which sounds weird to do, or it sounds like unproductive, but then kind of leaning forward and letting, like you said, gravity kind of take, take over. And um, what, I mean, downhill, that's, that's easy enough to do, but like on a straight you know um you know it, it doesn't sound like you would go and then like having that cadence and even swinging those arms those elbows backwards right um he taught us to kind of grab our shirt to kind of as a as a way to practice that or and uh because that thrusts you forward where you're going to go faster than maybe you you think you can so i mean for me it was when i learned just even those basic principles in a couple classes it was it was revolutionary because it makes you more efficient right and you can, you can, uh, I, every once in a while I'll test myself. Um, I'll go back to conventional running and then I'll, I'll move back into chi and I'll look at my heart rate and I'll watch my heart rate drop when, you know, after about a minute or two, you know, I may be sitting, I might be, you know, cruising along in a conventional run at about an 830 pace or something. And my heart rate will be like a 145. I go into chi running and I'll drop down to 135 after a couple minutes. Mm, yeah, so that's that's um, when it, when I work with clients and I talk to people about chi running, I, I say that's kind of your evidence right there that that you're that you're working it um, because you're um, you're putting you're doing the same pace, um, but you're just more efficient. And when you're more efficient, it lowers your heart rate. And when you lower your heart rate, the, um, the chances of you getting to lactate threshold where you're going to be achy and sore and, 
and don't have anything left in that last 10K of a, of a marathon, um, that's where it's going to come from. Yeah. And you were talking about, you know, injuries. I want to talk to you about that in just a little bit. But, um, you know, that that's part of whether it be running or really anything else, we face adversity in life um, and finding a way to kind of deal with that and cope with that. And you, you know, um, had had a couple of divorces, I think one from a couple of decades ago and one more recently. And um, so tell me about, you know, how running, how fitness in general have um, helped you kind of deal with that trauma in your life? Um, well, I mean, there's no getting around it. It's hard. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's so much shame and disappointment and, and, you know, questioning everything about your existence and, and just so much hurt, you know, um, and on both sides. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've tried to operate from a place where I don't want to harm people, you know? Um, and so, uh, running in particular has been, you know, the constant. It's uh, it's been my stress management. It's been a way to clear my head, and particularly chi running. Um, when you are in more of a relaxed state when you're running, you feel that glide, and it's easier to get in kind of a meditative state um, when you're not fighting something. If something's not twingy, or you know where you feel a little pain here and there, which is pretty natural. But even for chi runners, you, you're going to feel it. Um, but when you get into that that glide mode and, and, and you sort of, I don't know, there was a, um, God, there was a Kevin Coster, I think he was a pitcher and, uh, for and, the love of the game, I think is the name of the movie. Yeah. And he said this, you know, when he was about ready to, to make a pitch, he would say, shut down the mechanism. You know, he just like, it just, it just, it was kind of a mantra that he, that he had. And, and then uh, where everything disappeared, it was just him, the ball and, the glove on the other side and the battery is facing everything else, the, the cloud, crowd noise and everything just sort of disappeared. And that's kind of how I feel when I run, I, I get into this state and then I've had people, you know, walk by me or drive by me when I'm running. And, and it, they're like, they're, they've often said, it looks like you're in another world. <laughs> it looks <laughs> like you're, you're not on the, you know, the, you're, planet somewhere else. Um, and, and, and I am, and I'm not really thinking of anything, you know, it's just, my mind is just clear. And I am, I have since got in a habit of meditation, you know, without running in the morning to, to kind of start my mornings off. Um, and I find that really helpful and introducing yoga, um, has really helped me. So I'm back to the original question, I guess, um, you know, when you're going through something as painful as a divorce, um, find the things that work for you. Go back to your fundamentals. Um, you know, I my my children have have not abandoned me <laughs> through all this. You know, so um, you know, I I count on the things that I can still love. I still have two wonderful parents who are still alive. Here I am, a 60 year old man with with both parents relatively healthy and, and, uh, and alive. So I, I just reach for the things that make me grateful again. And then slowly I'll kind of come out of that, that place of pain. Um, and, you know, to think that, you know, through, through one of the divorces, I, I did not have God in my life. Um, and then through the second divorce, the recent one, um, that's where I, rediscovered God again, 
because I was, I was, um, I was out of answers. I was, um, I was really in a, a pretty low point. And I know you're talking about, you told me, you know, your father, uh, was sick. And so you were kind of caring for him. And then obviously, you know, it was, uh, you know, then in, in that same time period, you, you're losing your wife, your, your marriage. And so right. it's a lot going on. So for you, were you just like, um, at the, like the low point, the desperation where, I mean, what did, did you say something like to God or did you do something in particular that you felt like that it was, you know, needed to do? Well, um, it kind of started with, uh, I connected with a friend who's a Christian and, you know, no judgment on her part or anything. Um, you know, it's, uh, just sort of like talked me through it and, and I know I just I just really uh, was attracted to her calm, you know, when I was feeling really chaotic. Um, you know, I basically uh, unmoored my life. You know, I, I had a life in Colorado Springs. Um, I had the, the both and I, you and I worked with Team RWB and I was really active in that chapter. And then moving back here because I felt like I needed to, um, I needed to come back here. It, it just it was a strong calling. Um, it was difficult because I felt like I had a pretty good life in Colorado Springs. I, I made a lot of good friends. Um, was doing a lot with running there, um, and I loved the trails there. Oh my gosh, the trails <laughs> are just spectacular. I I call it the Disneyland of trails. It's just. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, and one of my favorite places in, um, in Colorado Springs area is uh, called the Manitou Incline. And it's 2,768 stairs. It goes up um, um, 0.8 of a mile. Um, and you go up 2,000 feet. Ooh, you're going from 7,000 feet at the base. And this is at the base of Pikes Peak. Um, you're going 7,000 to about 9,000 feet. Wow. And so um, I, I did that with my team RWB guys often. And you, you know how it is with military guys. It gets a little chippy. <laughs> it gets a little competitive. <laughs> um, but, man, that thing got me fit. I mean, doing that um, at least once a week, uh, you know, it was really – it really made my legs really strong. And, of course – you get that oxygen benefit when you go and you run the lower, um, you know, sea level elevate, you know, sea level um, marathons. Um, you feel like a Kenyan at that starting line. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you're, um, you know, are like so many of us. You know, your spiritual walk is, you know, you've had peaks and valleys, and it's a roller coaster for all of us, really, for that matter. And you know, sometimes there's mountaintops or valleys or we're not with God or we don't think that he's with us. And so right. what have you learned from your, you know, because you've been, you know, uh, you know, kind of in and out of this relationship with God for your, you know, 50, 60 years. Mm -hmm. um, what I've learned recently is God has never really left me. <laughs> um, I may have left him, but he didn't leave me. And um <clears throat> For the things that uh, I have gone through, he has left me pretty intact. <laughs> you know, I um, have left the majority of my my really meaningful relationships intact. Um, um, 
you know, and so that's probably the biggest lesson I've, I've come away coming back to him. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm actually was doing homework today. Uh, this is rooted. Um, this is a, a, a Bible study that our church is do, doing. Um, I should give a shout out to Valley Real Life is my, uh, my new church um, that I really, really love. Um, and, uh, and so this is like a 10 week boot camp for Christians. Um, you know, there's people that have been active Christians, um, for a very long time, but want to really connect again, just sort of, um, change the perspective about their Christianity. And, yeah. and so this has been a really, really great, um, thing that, that Vicki, I should, um, I should say that I have a girlfriend now, Vicki, um, who is a Christian, um, that became critical for this new phase in my life. I needed to have a Christian woman in my, in my life. And, and she, um, she's not only a Christian, but she's just a, an amazing human being. Um, yeah. I had a chance to meet her and, and somebody that travels with you in the RV to these marathons. Right. Hunter <laughs> that's going around the country like me, you know? So, uh, and, and you, you know, talk about how, you know, you're now learning, Kind of or relearning the faith and and uh, this boot camp and and uh, on the other side of things you teach people as well. I mean, you taught art and photography for decades, but now you know your focus is teaching fitness and, and whether chi running or just overall core or whatever. What's I mean? And, but you've you've had a seemed like a passion for coaching for a while. Yeah. You coach all sports I mentioned in the in your bio. What um where's that come from? And what what do you love most about? coaching to help whether it be you know one-on-one -on -one or a team or whatever i just love what sports brings out in people and sports never fails to bring a teachable moment of like a, almost like a blindsided teachable moment it's like what are you made out of that's that's what your character gets revealed um you know so i always um, found that through sports and, um, you know, it's just an opportunity to model that to kids, you know, cause most of my career has been with high school kids. Um, you know, I, I was always cognitive, you know, cognizant of my, um, of where I stand, you know, how's my body language? How am I, how am I, you know, talking a kid down to just drop the ball, you know, on, on a fly ball or something, you know, um, even though it, it may have cost us as a game, uh, I made sure as a coach that that kid never felt that for me. And so, um, I try to operate, I've always tried to operate my life like that, you know, and not be too reactive and, and just really, um, look at a perspective and it's like, okay, so, you know, when we go into practice next week, you're going to catch 50 fly balls. <laughs> I'm going to get the fungo out there and we're going to, we're going to just crank out some balls. And that way you can have a little more confidence next time uh, you got to shag one down. Yeah. And sometimes it's just the simple things. I, I know on your um, Facebook page, Scott, you have a, um, a quote there at the top to, as kind of your you know information about you. It says one step in a run is one step out of the grave. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know you you i mean you want to have fun and love it but also it's a way to kind of live life to the fullest and to kind of seize the day right right um and i you know i think you you probably have experienced too you know when you're fit um you're just you feel amazing 
I, I mean, I just, uh, I really want to share that feeling with, with, with other people. Um, and so that, that's where my, um, you know, training to be a personal trainer and then the, 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 um, the chi running, I, I want people to, you know, I know some people have a lot of fear about getting fit. You know, it's a, almost like a hopelessness. Um, but that's like, oh, gee, I've been, you know, I've been like this, you know, this 50, 60 pounds of extra weight I've been carrying around and, and I just don't know how to get started. Um, I'm tired of feeling so tired and, and, you know, I'm and, and ashamed and, you know, all the things that when I, when I um, had that first interview with someone who really is making that step to get fit, um, you know, I want them to, to feel, you know, my empathy, you know, because uh, I, I think a lot of people will see people like us um, as, you know, unreachable. Like we're a whole other level of fitness when really we're not, <laughs> you know, we're, we're just a different level of fitness. And, and, and so, um, you know, I just try to keep that from being intimidating, I guess, for, for people because um, there, oftentimes I don't even tell people really what I, what I've been doing or, you know, my past accomplishments or anything. I, I just want to meet them on their level and yeah. not really introduces you know me as this you know crazy marathoner <laughs> <laughs> because i mean i mean anybody people some people tell me why well, i can't run because my knees or whatever else and i say i understand right. but maybe it's your shoes or i mean you can walk um it's, right. it's almost as good but it just takes you know twice as long to do and but just to find something that you enjoy doing that can just be active on a regular basis and, uh, and to, because we only have this one life and it's, and it can you know, be pretty short. Um, and you we were talking about, you know, coaching, um, and you were also talked about some of the injuries that you've dealt with, um, through the years, many, uh, whether it be when you were younger or maybe in the last, uh, five or 10 years, um, tell me about, um, you know, what would you say to other folks, um, whether they are like when I was a newer runner, I remember dealing with IT band stuff because of overuse and I wasn't stretching correctly or whatever. And then there's other things with maybe the wrong shoes you have. So tell me about how, what you tell folks about uh, how to deal with injuries and how to prevent them. Um, well, for one thing, I have a mantra that I, I've always had a tough time following is that just be can, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. <laughs> so, um, if you feel like you have an ability to go out and crank out eight by two hundreds, you know, at a sub five K pace, um, you know, maybe your body isn't used to that or, or, or ready for that, that level of strain, you know? So um, it's, it's, it's easier said than done because, you know, when you feel amazing, you feel like you can do anything, <laughs> um, you know, like case in point, like earlier last year, you know, January rock and roll Phoenix, uh, um, I BQ'd, you know, I BQ'd by like nine minutes. So plenty yeah, of, so, uh, which is the Boston, for qualified. The Boston qualified, which is right. um, for, for, at your age is what around three forty. It was three fifty. Um, yeah. And I ran a three forty two, something like that. Um, so, um, and so, but this is also a period of time where I was really struggling, you know, with my personal life. And so I, um, I worked really, really hard, 
you know, the the more my life is in the toilet, the the harder I work at running. And so, um, you know, so then I, I, I BQ'd again three weeks later at the Mississippi Blues. And then I ran Myrtle Beach and BQ'd there, ran even faster at 340. And so um, I shouldn't have done that because by April I was uh, running um, – just a normal little training run, actually an easy run. And, um, you know, I, I had a hamstring injury it just came out of nowhere. And I actually, it didn't really come out of nowhere. I was testing shoes. I probably shouldn't call out these shoes. I was an employee at fleet, fleet feet and we, um, we were encouraged to try shoes. And so I tried these shoes. They, uh, the, the rep wanted a kind of a, you know, what, what do you think of these shoes? You know? So I always say, okay, well, I'll try them. And, um, they were just too soft of a shoe for me. Um, and I ended up injuring my hamstring and, um, but I think it's because I pushed those three marathons. I mean, three BQs in eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a little nuts. I don't know why I did it other than I just had to work out my anger, my frustrations with the divorce. Um, <laughs> but I did and I'm, and that's where it comes back to that mantra. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And I, shoes, I mean, those, the, the equipment that you use can make a big, as shoes being probably the number one on that list. Right. Right. And I mean, it happened like within the first two miles of that run too. <laughs> it wasn't like I was really pushing it. I, I felt the strain in my hamstring. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. And I kind of ran through it and then got worse and worse. And so, um, I'm still dealing with it. Um, yeah. I, you, I, do, do you do certain things for those who maybe are listening and they say, man, he ran like, you know, um, you know, almost a marathon a month is what he's kind of been doing. And, and he's 60 years old. So how, what are you, are there certain things that you do to kind of say, like, okay, uh, while I'm doing all this running and these races, I am doing this in the background so that I don't, you know, uh, that I, so I can continue running. Yeah, um, I do a lot of resistance. I use resistance bands. Um, I do a lot of that kind of training. I'm really, uh, I'm addicted to my Peloton. <laughs> I'm on my Peloton almost every day. Um, a lot of times I do two days where I'll do a seven, eight mile run, and then I'll do an hour on the Peloton and do, or do high intensity Peloton training. Um, I do a lot of swimming. I'm preparing for an Ironman. And so, um, I've always swam. Um, it's, I felt like it's kind of a, um, a great way to get your core exercise in. Um, I highly recommend swimming to all runners. Uh, the more I swam, the better I ran. It's, it's a weird connection as well as the more I do yoga, the better I run. Um, I don't understand all the physiology behind it, but I just know what, what works um, and so, uh, anyway, I, I highly recommend cross training in your program, whatever you're doing. Um, you know, uh, I think you can get away. And so, you know, in my, in my teens and my twenties, all I did was run, <laughs> you know, and I'm talking like I was running a hundred, 115 miles a week sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, but you can get away with that then. And, that, and the other thing is I hardly ever stretch. You know, I would just put on my shoes and just go. You know, I would just go up in the mountains or I would just, you know, I was all I was interested in just running. I didn't care about the other stuff. 
<laughs> that can hurt you. Uh, and and I, I try to talk to a lot of guests about the why, because I'm always interested in what motivates people to do maybe, you know, um, extraordinary things. And, you know, and, uh, and we're, we're probably in the minority of the, of the world of trying to run um, marathons in all 50 states. I mean, running one marathons could be tough enough for anybody. Yeah but trying to run and, and travel and the logistics and all that. So what, what is your why? Like what, uh, what is the reason why you're doing this journey? The same one I'm on. Um, yeah. What, what is the stat? It's like, like 80% of people who, who go into a marathon, they're one and done. <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. I, th- I, I would think at least half. Yeah. And, it's, and it's something like that. Yeah. Only um, one in the world runs a marathon or less than that. You know, I have to credit a teacher, uh, Mr. Larson. When I was in fifth grade, I was a seriously busy kid. You know, um, I think that's where art kind of came into things because my hands were always going on stuff. Um, And art was a fun way to just stay busy. And so um, I have to credit Mr. Larson because he could almost see it in in my eyes (laughs) that he would go, Scott. I need you to run to the fence and then run back. <laughs> <laughs> and so I come back and sure enough, I was calmed down, ready to sit down, focus. And um, he was the first teacher that really kind of got me. And, and I think because running was a positive thing, um, it was like a reward, I guess, um, for behaving for, <laughs> you know, a half hour or whatever I was and not in trouble. Um, and, and, and from then on, I sort of made the, that connection, you know, that running was a positive thing. And, and my dad was a runner. Uh, my dad was a, was a really pretty fantastic runner, um, very dedicated. And so, um, and, but he says, I'm the one that got him in running. Oh, we're Fort Biddings right down the road here over the Army. I know you're in the Marine Corps for for uh, four years. And I think you told me um, off mic that you had run a, a 1421 uh, three mile run uh, in the Marine boot camp, which was the uh, second battalion record at the time. So right. a lot of folks that I know in the military, when they get out, they don't like running. And yeah. because <laughs> whether they had to run in boots or they had to meet a certain time or it was just part of that job early in the morning, 5 a.m. So what, um, what uh, like made you not fall out of love with running post-Marines? <laughs> um, what did you learn about fitness also from the Marines? I think it came down to like um, what's always kind of rooted me into running is it's that positive reinforcement, you know, with, with me being, um, you know, I would have to say I'm a gifted runner. You know, I don't think I came to this through hard work. <laughs> I think uh, um, God gifted me with this this ability to run. And my dad always told me, he goes, it's like, son, we were born to run. It's like we were genetically engineered to be runners. If God had a blueprint and, and said, you know, create a runner, we have just about all of those attributes. And so um, – the, the last component of being a, a good runner is that, that mental part of it, you know? So um, the mental part, if you, even when it's painful or um, hard, um, you have that, that mechanism in your brain that allows you to push through it 
And both my father and I just seem to have that. I don't know where it comes from, but uh, <laughs> so, so, so you, didn't, you didn't mind the early morning uh, PT with uh, the, your fellow Marines? No. In fact, I've, I have a lot of stories of being extremely hungover and, and, um, and then running that first mile and throwing up and then just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like a Marine to me. Um, yeah. and now have you done the Marine Corps marathon? I think you said you had. What's Maybe, that? Have you done the Marine Corps marathon? I have. Yeah, I did that in 2017. Um, to this date, it's still my favorite marathon. I didn't have a, I, I don't, I didn't have a particularly great race, but um, I don't know. It was just, it was just, it was moving. It was um, for me, the best experiences are the ones that reach you on an emotional level. And I, and I look at that as an artist too, and it has to reach you in a, you have to make an emotional connection to it. And it was nostalgic and um, you know, you run along the mall and there's so much history and, and so many iconic symbols along that along that course um it was just it made you you know man i'm an american you know kind of a feeling you know it's like yeah i love this country <laughs> this is why i love it um yeah um, you know so uh i i have to say the marine corps marathon is still still up there after our i think i just ran my 37th marathon overall so yeah wow. Now you've got your uh, full Ironman that you're obviously working towards uh, happening this summer. Um, right. So about, do you have um, other marathons and, and you're going to check off some more States kind of on the way there or uh, have a plan in place? Um, I just had that serious discussion with Vicki the other day. She's very worried. She thinks that um, uh, she thinks I, I need to take a break and focus on Boston. And I'm, I told her cause she knows I'm still struggling with this hamstring that um, I need to um, maybe be a little gentler with it. Cause I've been dealing with this thing for almost 10 months now. Um, it's been, and you are, you are, uh, you are 60 years young. So, right. but... <laughs> <laughs> That's what she reminds me of too. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, you know how it is. I, I don't feel that mentally. I, I feel like I'm that, you know, kid that run. <laughs> I still have that, that joy that, that, you know, even now after a bazillion miles of running, I still feel that joy and it still gives me a lot of joy. And of course the, um, the community of runners that you meet like you and, uh, you know, it, you know, we've, you and I have met so many, so many amazing people, um, people that make us look like slackers <laughs> you know? uh, that uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And it, it's so, I mean, it's so great to see like that people have different reasons why they're doing it just getting, and, and, you know, what an amazing way to see uh, the, this amazing place. We live America uh, by traveling and, you know, and, and running through the cities and, and up into the mountains and, through downtowns and and uh i mean I, I still to this day say there's no better way to see uh you know the u.s you know um and and that's that's true and i always tell people i go you know these marathons are the best sightseeing tours you're going to take <laughs> you know so you really um you really are enveloped in the in the community you know as far as 
you know, you get the good vibes from the people cheering you on the streets and, and, um, you know, just, I always make an effort, the volunteers that are there are, you know, their, their kindness and just, you know, sacrificing their time, um, to be out there. You know, I just have a lot of respect for them and, um, you know, because without them, these things don't happen. And so, um, I don't know. I just, I just love the vibe. I love that, uh, that good feeling. And of course you just can't beat that feeling at the finish line, you know, where everybody's so relieved and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I love the, the first timers, you know, the people that have crossed that finish line for the first time. And, um, that, that it's just priceless. It's, it's priceless. And I, I love that whole, scene you know just it's just beautiful yeah and for most uh the marathons and, and races that you run and that i run i know people will see pictures of us and wearing this red shirt with an eagle on it right. uh, team team rwb which is they have chapters all over the nation uh red white and blue which which is is in support of military veterans and the the organization you know does a lot of volunteering at races and, and we just want to show our support for those who have you know served our nation so uh what what why is that so important because i sometimes when i'm running that race and, and people will be like way to go eagle and and right. um so it's just in a way that i can hopefully show outwardly some support um for them yeah, and that's kind of my motivation too. You know, I'm I'm proud of uh, you know my time in the service and and uh, and also it's it's a it's a way of it's a tribute to the the guys. You know, I had it easy compared to a lot of the the veterans that have recently gone through um, you know Afghanistan and and Iraq, and I've talked to a number of those guys who are dealing with a lot. You know, a lot of PTSD and and um, you know just really struggling with life um, after their service commitment. And, um, you know, some of them have, have injuries, you know, lifelong injuries that they got to get over. And, and um, you know, anything I can do um, to inspire them or, or just talk to them. Um, I was a um, athletic coordinator for our chapter in Colorado Springs and um, I put together runs and other activities and, and, um, you know, just, just a chance to meet them and thank them. And, and, uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, on top of running the marathons, you know, we, we do get a lot of positive feedback just wearing that shirt. <laughs> yeah. One last thing, uh, Scott, um, you know, you are, uh, you, uh, you know, kind of stand out as well because you typically have that, uh, selfie stick with the, uh, the camera, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of talk- uh, your marathon experience and a lot of the runners with you and kind of talking to them and kind of, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, being in a good mood and joyous about the experience. And, and you, you, uh, I think you put together videos with rush music. So you're, yeah. I think officially the official title is running rush fan. So where can right. people find these videos and kind of maybe whether they want to see the, the landscape that you've run through or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of at a, uh, I'm at a pause with the running rush fan. I mean, I'm still, I'm still collecting footage. Um, I haven't really dug the format I, um, that I, that I created for this, uh, but I'm still shooting a lot. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to do something bigger with it at some point. Um, it's obviously kind of quirky with me being this gigantic rush fan and, and, uh, 
and then um, using running for that. Um, but there is there is a message behind all this. <laughs> um, for me, the band Rush epitomized the um, the ideal music. You know, they were um, they are um, the top of their craft musicians and very um, thought provoking lyrics. Um, Neil Parrott is a uh, was a poet and a writer as well as a, a lyricist for the band, um, and so. Um, you know, they're just very thought provoking. And I feel running is sort of the same vein of trying to achieve that excellence and, and, uh, and, and staying within yourself as well. Yeah. Well, find, finding that right music, whether you want to run fast or far or whatever is, is, uh, is, is important. Some people don't like to listen to stuff. Some people love to, you know, whether it be podcasts like this or, or listening to music or whatever it is, a it's a way to kind of like get into a different world or just to kind of, like you said, just, you know, be distracted perhaps from the, that fact that I've got to do this, run this far or deal with this pain or whatever. So, yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is like, I may I might listen to music like maybe half the time. Most of the time, I just I just I just um, I just don't want anything in my ears at all, and, and I just want whatever the ambient noise that's going on around me, or I, I want to strike up a conversation with the with the runner next to me, and and find out what they're all about. Um, break out my camera and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of times, uh, I did, uh, in the last marathon. I was um, I was running next to a guy and um, kind of caught up to him and and um, I guess we were probably at like mile eighteen nineteen we just got done with that series of really wickedly steep hills coming back and I could tell he was kind of struggling a little bit I was running by him and I had my camera on him I'm like hey how's it going he's like I don't want to talk about it and so. <laughs> He was not in the. He was not having it. He's and, like, not uh, on camera, looking like this, feeling like this. So yeah, well, it was, it was, like, it was like, I think people are annoyed if you're smiling and happy, you know, when you're <laughs> running up next to him and um, you know, trying to be friendly, I guess. And uh, some people are just not in the mood in that latter part of the mile. So <laughs> yeah, definitely a challenging race in Vegas, but it made it all. Uh, all the more sweet when you finish uh, to be able to do that. But uh, Scott Mayfield, thank you so much for uh, spending the last uh, 45 or so minutes with us and, and uh, sharing your stories of uh, fitness and faith and running and uh, military. And uh, so we, we appreciate it, uh, your candor. And uh, looking forward to seeing you at a, a future marathon this year or, or beyond or whatever. We'll, uh, we'll catch up because I'm, I'm still about 14 states behind you. So you just need, as like you said, Vicky, just, you know, agree with we'll her. Slow down a little bit. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, I'm planning on seeing you in Baltimore. Okay. Gotcha. I think Baltimore is something I circled that, uh, I, I um, you know, I, I'm, this, I'm thinking I, I need Maryland. So I, uh, I heard Baltimore is pretty hilly too. Um, probably not, not, not anything like what we just experienced, but, um, I know hills don't scare me like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now like, oh, this is uh, that's easy compared to uh, what we just did—three thousand feet of elevation gain. Yeah. So, 
Well, thanks again, Scott. I appreciate it. Wish you all the best. Godspeed and uh, good luck. And take take it easy on that hamstring. And uh, we know you're gonna you're gonna kill that Iron Man for sure. All right. Well, God bless Jason and uh, and um, and God bless the audience out there. Uh, I'm also a fan of your uh, of your podcast. So uh, um, you know, hopefully, I'm out there. You know, this podcast will inspire something that they heard today. Absolutely, yeah. We, 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 I'm, I'm sure of it, in fact. So, all right. Thanks so much, Scott. All right, Jason. That was certainly great catching up, uh, getting to know Scott a little better out in Las Vegas, and then uh, having that uh, great conversation uh, for this episode of the podcast as we kick off the month of February. Uh, in fact, my birthday's in just a couple weeks. I turn 47 years old, and uh, so uh, you know, I've got a, got a lot of running to do, a lot of life to live, um, almost uh, maybe halfway through. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll live to be uh, 94 or not, uh, but uh, looking forward to the rest of my life. Uh, thanks be to God for you know, keeping me healthy and uh, allowing me to do what I do, whether it be as my job or as a father, a husband, a runner, whatever, you know. Um, in fact, I, I went uh, to a, a doctor's appointment today. I usually don't get checkups very often, um, uh, but my doctor, I saw her today for the first time, I think in three or four years, and she said, come back in two years from now. So she says that uh, gave me a clean bill of health, uh, gave me a tetanus shot, the first time I had one of those in 10 years. And uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's great to hear. And she was telling me about how you know, um, my, uh, my heart rate, resting heart rates about 50 or 55. And she says for, you know, most normal people, she said that would be considered, um, just, you know, uh, something to be the doctors to be concerned about, but because I'm an athlete and because she knows that that's perfectly normal because she says my, my heart doesn't need to beat as often because it's more efficient. And, uh, so, which is a great thing. So I guess that means running and, and, uh, staying active, uh, is a positive thing for your health overall, for your, for your heart. So I encourage you to whatever it is, running, walking, lifting weights, playing racquetball, going hiking, um, just uh, doing stair climbers, whatever you do, playing you know, golf even, uh, walking uh, the 9 or 18 holes. Uh, I encourage you to get there, get there and do it. Find something that you enjoy doing and then uh, find a way to make it part uh, of being a habit or part of your lifestyle. And, uh, you know, I'll continue running marathons myself and um, trying to catch up with Scott Mayfield, my guest for this episode. Uh, he um, has um, about 15 states to go. Now, he, there's three states that I have that he doesn't have. North Carolina, where I grew up. Uh, also, uh, Indiana and Ohio. But he's got most of the southeast taken care of and, and uh, a lot of states that I don't have. So I uh, wish him the best. Looking forward to seeing him at a future race. You know, this week here in the Georgia and Alabama area, uh, the last few mornings, we've it's been very foggy here, uh, just kind of a dreary week so far, and it got me thinking about the fog and kind of what it symbolizes like uh, in the Bible, what, what, how maybe you can use that to, to look at our, our spiritual lives. Well, I found this in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. This is our parting gift for this episode. I haven't had one of those for a while. A parting gift from 1 Corinthians 13, 12. This is the message version. And it says, we don't yet see things clearly. We, we're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. So sometimes, you know, 
our future, we, we don't know what's ahead, whether it be, you know, a day from now, uh, a month from now, five years, 10 years from now. And that can be scary because we want to know. But um, but God, you know, will uh, will not uh, lead us astray. And, uh, you know, it, it'll all be revealed to us in the time that he wants it to be revealed to us in his will. And uh, things will be clear. And the more we, you know, get into the word and pray and and uh, really seek him, things do become clearer. Uh, it's like putting on glasses or your contacts um, and, and things are, are a lot clearer, especially for someone my age. So, um, so definitely, uh, you know, I encourage you to, to, you know, if you want to see clearer, just to kind of, you know, seek God and try to see him clearer to make that happen. And closing now, uh, this podcast episode in prayer, dear God, just thank you so much for, uh, um, you know, helping us to, to focus on you and to, to, to bring things back into focus in our lives, that, that we look to you for to know our priorities and uh, to be able to be spiritually and physically well uh, for us to do what you want us to do while we're here on this earth. And uh, God, that we just, we glorify you. We lift you, your name on high. We thank you for the opportunity to, to keep us safe on these travels to wherever we go uh, to, to run marathons or whatever else, Lord God, that you will continue to keep us safe. And uh, just thank you for um, being here for another month and uh, for, for another year for me. And we just uh, bless you and, and thank you for just your mercies that are new every single morning. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much again, folks, for joining us for, uh, as, uh, as you hopefully do often, for our Run the Race podcast. We try to put one of these out every week uh, with uh, usually a guest uh, that has some uh, extraordinary stuff to talk about related to fitness or faith and, um, you know, telling uh, stories, uh, you know, ordinary people that uh, really uh, have that, you know, that wisdom the, of, of a life lived, of mistakes made, and uh, can inspire and motivate us. They certainly inspire and motivate me. Hope the same can be said for you. And hope you have a uh, great rest of the week and a, and a great start to February of 2023. God bless.